It's wonderful to be back with you. We were away for two weekends. We had a, a great time of rest, but it's good to be back at church and um, wonderful to see all of you this morning. We had a, amen, thank you. We had a wonderful time in the first service this morning. I'm looking forward to seeing what God does this morning again. While I was away, you know, one of my favorite things when, when I go away, we go, we go camping and we were camping in, in, in North Carolina and we stay at this campsite. We go there every year <clears throat> and it's very peaceful and there's this river there and I just wake up really early. I love that everybody else likes to sleep late because I finally get some peace and quiet. <laughs> And I spend time with God in the mornings and I just love that time. And, and, you know, really while I was away, the Lord began to speak to me about certain things. And I'd really sort of come towards the end of my vacation where I felt I was gonna come in this weekend with a message that I'm gonna be ministering next weekend. And God really laid it on my heart to minister this to you this morning that I'm gonna be ministering to you. I, forget, I feel it's very, very important for right now in the body of Christ. And the reason why I believe it's so important right now is God is wanting to take a hold of each and every one of us. How many of you believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? How many of you believe that He wants you to live a life, but not only have life, have it abundantly? And so there are some things in His Word. You know, the one thing about His Word that is undeniable is that His Word is truth. So if we grab a hold of his word and we don't change it for convenience sake, we will see the fruit of that in our lives. Amen. So with all of that said, my subject this morning is the unforgivable sin of unforgiveness. And that baby is in full agreement. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> and we just love every child and don't worry, we, you can cry, we don't mind. Amen. So what I want you to know is this is a, this is a, a heavy topic. And, and the reason I want you to know that is because I'm gonna really challenge you this morning. But I'm not gonna challenge you with my opinion. I'm gonna come right from the, straight from the word of God and then you must decide what you will do with it. But I believe that this is so important right now because God is wanting to do more with each and every one of us. I believe that firmly with the time that we're in. So let's get right into the Word. And we're gonna start with what I believe is foundational and important for us to, to grasp, a concept that many of us, we know, we've heard this many, many times, but this is a very famous scripture. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6, verse number four. Deuteronomy 6, verse number four, I absolutely love my job. I just want you to know that. And I don't see this as a job. I see this as an absolutely a calling. And I just, I'm so grateful that God gives me the opportunity to do this. And um, I don't know why he has, but I'm thankful. And I can't imagine doing anything else. So just really grateful to be here. Deuteronomy 6, verse number four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. There's an overemphasis there. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, 
when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. We see the same quoted in, in Luke, and we, we know that Jesus said this more than once. It says in Luke 10 verse 27, so he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And then he added this wonderful part, and you love your, and, and your neighbor as yourself. Don't you just like that part so much? <laughs> the fact is, is that God wants us to love him with every part of who we are. He says that we should love him with our whole heart, our soul, and our strength. And we know that as Christians, as, as, as believers, we are a tripart being. In other words, we consist of three different parts, a spirit, a soul, and a body. You have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. And God wants you to love him with every part of who you are. Now, the way it all fits together, we don't know absolutely for sure everything, but we can sort of put it together like this. If we love him with all of our strength, we love him with our body, with all of who we are. If we love him with all of our soul, the soul is the part where your emotions are, your will, your intellect, your emotions. And the spirit seems to be the part that's more connected to the heart. So God wants you to love him with all of who you are. That's not always, easy, not, always, not always so easy because that means you have to be fully submitted to him in everything that you do. And we are all on a journey when it comes to that. But that's what God wants from us. You see, God will never ask you to do anything that he has not done. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. You must understand that when Jesus came, he laid down everything. And in his flesh, as a man, yes, 100% God, but fully man, he experienced everything that you will have to experience. If you think you've been rejected, you don't know what rejection feels like in comparison to what Jesus experienced. And he's God. He chose to lay it down so that he could go through all of that so that when he asks you to do something, he knows how it feels. Are you with me? Now, in Scripture, there is a topic that is discussed, and Jesus addresses this topic on more than one occasion. In Luke 17, verse number 3, it says this, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. So if someone does something to you or offends you, you can say to him, hey, don't do that. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And of course, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> we read it like it's just like there. But the truth is, I can only imagine if we understood the magnitude of being expected to forgive the same person seven times in one day. That's intense, right? Imagine if someone did something to you or said something to you that was offensive to you 
said sorry to you, went away, came back a, f- a few hours later after you said you'll forgive them, did it again and came back and said sorry and you have to forgive them again and it happens seven times, that's a lot. How many of you think seven times is a lot? Come on, let me see your hands. I think it's a lot. <laughs> okay. But Peter, being Peter, and, and you know, everybody has a different opinion of what Peter was like. Only God really knows. But I think that he was definitely interesting. And I feel that with the statement that he's about to make, he must have had something in mind. Let's read this. Matthew 18, verse 21. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And he answers with something that's common sense because he's been taught this already up to seven times. Maybe Peter had forgiven someone seven times already and was like, I'm done with this guy. So I'm just hoping you give me confirmation so that I can go and knock him out. I don't know what it was. We don't know if it was like that or not. I don't know. But what we do know is that he's trying to get a number. He's trying to get a number from Jesus. Like, where's the line? Where do we, like, at what point can we, like, not forgive anymore? Because really, there's a saying in Afrikaans that's just awesome. It's mock do it. <laughs> you just want to go and knock them out, okay? <laughs> like, you've just had enough. But I love the response that Jesus gives. And you must understand, his response is so justifiable because he knows what's coming. He knows that he's gonna completely lay his life down for you and I. And that the love that he's gonna show is so awesome. How many of you here have ever felt, surely if I do this again, or if I, God's gonna be done with me? Like it's the end. Like, you know, he's gotta be finished with me. But I want you to know that that's not how God works. Watch this. He says to Peter, he answers in verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. What's Jesus trying to say? He's not trying to tell you to do maths. He's trying to tell you, don't keep count. Don't keep count. Why? Because how many of you, in this room want God to keep count of your sins and your offenses. I know what it's like to be in that place where you're saying to God, listen, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm sure you must be done with me. Well, Lord, just give me one more chance. You didn't mean that, trust me, because you need a lot more than one more chance. I can assure you. You need a lot more than one more chance. Don't even ask God for two more chances. Just ask him for mercy. So Peter's trying to get a number and God is saying to him, what Jesus is saying to him, don't keep count and let me tell you why. Now watch this. He tells him in a parable. He says in verse 23, he says, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, the amount of money or the amount of value that that is, is is extreme. I've heard many different commentaries and preachers say that it's more than a year's wages. We're talking about a lot of money. But as he was not able to pay, so he's not able to pay this debt, 
his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. That's a, that's a, that's a severe punishment. And that servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. He doesn't ask him to pay him back. The Bible says he forgave him the debt. That's incredible. This guy that owns 10,000 talents, his, his punishment is gonna be that he's gonna be killed. His entire family is gonna be wiped out. It's the end of all. But he cries out and he says, please have mercy on me. And the master says, listen, I'm not only gonna have mercy on you, but I'm gonna write it off like it never was. I can imagine, I don't know about you, but if I was that servant, I would get up and be like, oh my gosh, 10,000 talents, wow, my family's okay, I'm okay, we're gonna be okay, we can move forward with our lives, let's carry on going. And that's exactly what I think Jesus is trying to get us to understand. And unfortunately, the story takes an incredible turn at this point. In verse 28, the Bible says, but that servant, that same one that was forgiven, went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now remember, he owed 10,000. This guy owes him 100. And so he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me, I will pay you all. He's not saying, let me go and forgive me. I'll pay it to you. Just, just, just give me some time. But the fact is in verse number 30, he says, and he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So his fellow servants who saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry, now watch, and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. This is, this is heavy. This is heavy. This guy is handed over by the master to the torturers to pay all that is owed. How's he gonna do that? He's in torment, he's in, he's in torture. But the next statement is the part that really knocks me. Watch this. In verse 35, he says, Jesus now, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart, everybody say from his heart. The reason why he's saying your heart is because it's not as difficult to forgive in the mind. You can think you've forgotten, but in your heart, sometimes you haven't forgiven. And God is saying, listen, I don't want you to just forgive with your mind or with your body, with your strength and with your soul. I want you to forgive with your heart as well. I want you to forgive completely. It's not easy to forgive completely. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you in this room have experienced things in your life where it's just so difficult to forgive? And I know that there are many of you that are here this morning, maybe you're watching online, you've gone through something or you're going through things and forgiveness is just so difficult. 
And I understand that. And, and that person does owe you. But what you have to understand is that the debt that you owe the Lord has been paid in full. And in order for you to not experience torment, you also have to forgive. This principle is so important because the truth is you will never understand the cross completely until you begin to understand that you also have to forgive. Grace cannot stop with you when it's flowing to you. Otherwise, grace will stop completely. It has to flow through you. I know this isn't popular, but it's the truth. Now watch, because we're gonna dive into this. He says, and so my heavenly Father will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. I believe with all of my heart that God wants us to forgive with every part of who we are. And the part that's most difficult is the heart. So we're gonna examine this a little bit more. But before we do that, let's take a look at how God forgives us. How many of you think that that's probably the best kind of example? Come on, let me see your hand. How many of you want to forgive like God forgives? All right, let's take a look. Hebrews 8, verse number 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. How many of you are grateful that God doesn't remember the things you've done wrong? Come on. Listen, you've heard it said, well, you know, forgive, but never forget. I don't think the Bible says that. Because what kind of measure of judgment will you pass? Remember, with the same measure of judgment you pass, it will be measured towards you. I know this is hard, but take a look. Let's go to Jeremiah 31, 34. Jeremiah 31, 34, talking about what would come. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, and the least of them, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities. How many of you are grateful for that? Now watch. And their sin I will remember no more. In other words, he's saying, listen, I will forgive them and I'm gonna forget it as well. How many of you in this room are thankful that God doesn't remember all your mistakes? Come on, I am so grateful because he would need a really large book for all of mine. But I believe that God takes that and remembers it no more. All your sins, all your mistakes, all the things you've done wrong, He forgives you and remembers it no more. Isn't that powerful? Now, how do we forgive in our hearts? How do we get to the place where we forgive in our hearts? And how can we test ourselves to see whether we truly have or not? Listen, when something happens to you, when someone offends you, it's easier, not easy, easier to say, I forgive them. I forgive them, right? I think that most of us, because we believe that God's word is true, will want to 
at least most of us will want to agree with scripture and say, I forgive. So my, my, my soul, my, my strength, my body has spoken it. So I'm getting it right. I, I love God. I wanna obey his word. I wanna do it with my soul. I wanna do it with my strength. But there's this problem inside. There's this hard thing inside. So how do we test this? I believe there's a scripture that helps us. Let's take a look at this. How do we know if that issue is still in our hearts? Let's go to Ephesians 4 verse 31. Ephesians 4 verse 31. How do you know if that thing, that, that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that problem is still there? Look at what he says. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. What's the context? Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, here it is, forgiving one another. How should we do that? How should we forgive? Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. The expectation on us is not easy. He expects us to forgive the way that we have been forgiven. Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes I just wanna punch them in the nose, right? But God, He doesn't do that. He loves you. He wants to show you mercy. But when it comes to forgiveness, there is a condition. And the condition is with the same measure that you forgive, you will be forgiven. In other words, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. Let me show this to you. Are you guys all okay? See, Jesus, in Matthew 6, if you were here last night, I, talked, I spoke about the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus gives us life lessons through Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. In the middle of this, he's teaching us something very powerful. Let's take a look. Matthew 6, verse number 9. He's teaching the disciples, he's teaching the people how to pray. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. We know this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now watch. And forgive us our debts. How many of you want that? But take a look at what he says. As we forgive our debtors, there's a condition. You can only be forgiven to the measure you forgive. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. But he knew that they were struggling with this. So watch what he says. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, watch this, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In other words, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. That's why unforgiveness is unforgivable. Many people think the only unpardonable sin or the only sin that will be excused is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. But here he tells us, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. It's a very serious offense. And the reason why is forgiveness towards you cost God everything. He had to lay it all down. 
the king, the God of all creation came down in the flesh, laid it all down, paid a price so that you and I could be forgiven, but you have the audacity to say, I'm not gonna forgive. And I understand, I understand, please, I'm no way saying that I know your pain. Everybody has experienced things in different ways, and I understand that your pain and the things that have happened to you might be something that I can't even imagine. So getting to the place where you're forgiving your heart may take time, but let me warn you, because I've heard many people say, well, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, just gonna give it some time. Well, the truth is, is when you give it time, most of the time, what happens is you become bitter. And what happens is it actually stirs up more of what he's warning you about in Ephesians that we just read. Your heart becomes more and more like that the longer we go on, if we allow ourselves to not forgive. That's why when it comes up, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. As soon as you can, get it done. At least begin to confess it, begin to do everything in your power. Eventually, your heart will forgive too if you constantly make sure that you're trying to get rid of this thing. Are you with me? I wanna keep it practical. It's not always easy. It's not always easy. That's not the only place he says that. In Mark 11, verse 25, he says this. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, let's read that again. If you have anything against anyone, maybe we should just say it one more time. If you have anything against anyone, the expectation is that you must forgive him. Why? That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. This is so serious that he goes on in verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. The truth is, we don't really have a choice if we are serious about God. If you truly want to walk in freedom, Jesus came to give you life and life more abundant. But it's all connected to obeying His Word. Last night I taught at the end of Matthew chapter number five and six and towards the end of seven, He says this, He says, those who hear these words and does them will be like a man who builds his house upon the rock. Narrow is the path that leads to life. Wide is the path that leads to destruction. No one said it would be easy. Come on, guys. I'm not gonna preach easy street sermon to you. Is that okay? Why? Because I want you to experience the fullness of God now and into eternity. I don't know how far this goes. God alone does. Many have tried to preach it one way and the other way. It affects your salvation. Doesn't, I don't know, but I certainly don't want to test it. If you study God's word, you must understand that Giving your life to Him actually means that you lose your life. Come on. 
Why? Because He loves you. He doesn't want you to be handed over to the tormentors because of unforgiveness, bitterness, and hurt that stays in your heart. I want you to know that the majority of the time, think about it, the majority of the time that you've held on to unforgiveness or offense, the other person doesn't even know it, and you are suffering, and they are not. And if it is so severe that it really has hurt you, maybe something that happened to you as a child or something like that, I want you to know vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay and listen, give it to him. I promise you he will handle it. His judgment is true. He knows how to handle it. What must you do? You must forgive. Am I saying that if you're in a relationship, for example, and someone's beating you all the time, you must just go back for more? No, that's not what I'm saying. Please, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we don't have the right to not forgive if we want to be forgiven. Because whether we like it or not, we sin every day. So let me ask you a question because the majority of us will ask this question, well, how much must I forgive? Well, let me ask you, how much do you wanna be forgiven? And if you can answer that, you have the right answer to the first question. I want to be forgiven unlimited. So then I have to forgive unlimited. I believe with all of my heart that God wants you to walk in true freedom. I believe with all of my heart that there are people sitting here, people watching online that are carrying things, some of it's really heavy, some of it may not be so heavy, but maybe to you it's heavy. And you need to forgive. You need to forgive someone, you need to forgive a sibling, a, a parent. You need to forgive a spouse. You need to forgive a child, a child needs to forgive a parent. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a colleague at work that just doesn't stop. Forgive them, set them free so that you can be truly free. This is serious to God, guys. Jesus never teaches this in any other way. It's always the same. And he always comes back to clarify and make sure you understand that what he's saying is that's not, it's not just, I'm not asking you to just forgive. You've got to understand that if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. He comes back and does that more than once to make sure we understand the concept. Why? Because he wants you to have life and life more abundant. He wants you to be free. So can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? And this is personal between you and God right now. Father, you know every person in this room, every person watching online right now or that will watch this message at a later date. And you knew they'd be watching. Father, I pray that we will come to the realization that the cost for our salvation, our grace, our forgiveness was so high. And for it to continue working, and if we begin to truly understand it, we will extend that grace 
to even those who persecute us, who hurt us? Does your word not say that they'll persecute us? Does your word not say that they'll turn against us? And the list goes on. Jesus, you forgave your mockers. The people that you came to die for, they rejected you. You forgave them. You gave your life for them. Those that were alive then and those that were to come, you did it all for us. I'm so grateful. And I know, Lord, that there are so many people that are bound by unforgiveness, bound by bitterness. And I pray this morning in the mighty name of Jesus that, Lord, they would release those individuals this morning. Right there where you are in your seat, if you know there's someone you have to forgive, do it now. Do it now, right there where you are. If a name comes up, a situation comes up, something comes up in your mind or in your heart right now, I'm challenging you, forgive that individual. Do it now. Don't wait for tonight. You don't know that you'll have tonight. Do it now. Forgive. Let them go. Release them. Release them. In fact, I never did this in the first service, but I wanna do it right now. I'm gonna pray a prayer, and I'm gonna ask you all to pray this with me. And when I get to the part where I'm gonna say to forgive, I want you to say that person's name right there where you are. You can say it loud, you can say it soft, it doesn't matter. But let's all stand for just a moment. Let's all just stand for just a moment, please, just a minute. If you can't stand, if you're uncomfortable and you can't, that's fine, you can stay in your seat. But let's all just make a declaration. Let's say, Father, come, let me hear everybody. Father, I come to you today. I thank you for what Jesus did by dying for my sins, for forgiving them and forgetting them. I forgive according to your word everyone that has sinned against me. Now, right now where you are, if you need to say someone's name, say it right now. Say, I forgive. Say that person's name. That's it. Say it again. If there's more that needs to say, if you need, if it's more than one person, say it right now. Say, I forgive them. I forgive them. Now say, and Lord, I let them go in Jesus' name. Now, wash me, Father. Cleanse me. Make me whole. And release me from the torturers. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You can take your seats. (laughs) I hope you feel a whole lot lighter. A whole lot better. As I said, it's not always so easy, but make a decision to go after it, to get completely rid of it. Give it over to God. You know, Jesus even said, he said, my judgment is true, but I don't judge. But he can judge, his judgment is true. How much more should we just leave it to him? Come on, let God deal with it. You forgive, how many times? Well, let's not discuss that anymore. I think you know. Walk in that freedom, in that liberty that God has for you. Amen.
Amen. Let's close. Father, we thank you. We love you. I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for every precious life. Lord, help us to continue to walk this out because we're gonna need to forgive someone again. Help us to do it, Lord. Help us to forgive the way that you have forgiven us and continue to forgive us. Give us strength. We love you. We honor you. We worship you. We magnify you. Now I pray for everyone in this place that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every person as they leave this place in Jesus' name. If you need prayer, if you're sitting here and you feel you need prayer, please come to the front. I have some leaders up here. We'll pray for you. We'll minister to you. Otherwise, you can go in the peace of God and have a wonderful week. Be blessed. We love you. We'll see you next week. Amen. Amen. God bless you. 